You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we are scratching the itch for the first ever concert catch-up. So we historically have tried to give concert reviews their own episodes. But then starting with the Labor Day Extravaganza Concert Festival, we've just (laughs) seen so many shows that we have to bunch these things together. (laughs) We don't have time to record them all solo anymore. So we're going to do an episode that recaps what we saw live in September. And like a chunk of September (laughs) as well. Yeah, ultimately, you could ultimately call this Dan's birthday episode because all this happened within the week building up to Dan's birthday. Yeah, the last show was like on my birthday. Yep, that was the main event. That's correct. It was a good week for all of us overall, even though we weren't all at each show. Actually, chronologically, it gets bigger. Like the first show here was just me. The second one was Casey and I. The third one was Casey and Dan. And fourth one was all three of us. So I like the way that there's a gradual build. Yeah. (laughs) So let's get right into it, shall we? Yeah. Yep. All right. I saw my first show at the St. Louis Music Park, and it was Three Days Grace, Chevelle and Loathe, which is an interesting bag there because it's one band I've never cared for very much, one band I've always loved and one band I've barely ever heard. So it really runs the gamut right there. First impression. So I've ne- again, never been to St. Louis Music Park before. It's right next to what we still call the Riverport Amphitheater. St. Louis's big concert amphitheater. And this is like a small pseudo amphitheater. It's mostly covered except for the top few rows of the bleacher section, the upper level seating there. It's a cool little place. I They have this kind of open parkish area that you can hang out in, like behind outside of where the show is playing. And right next to the stage, there's like this VIP like lounge thing that has a freaking fire pit going on in it. <laughs> like it's it's not a bad little venue. Would definitely go back uh, and definitely wanted to be there to scout because I, I need to see all the venues and understand what they're about. <laughs> yeah, we're apparently trying to venue visit every venue in this country. Like it seems. <laughs> Unfortunately, unlike the um, festival. This wasn't four shows at four venues. It was four shows at three venues. But this was, again, the first. And, uh, you know, not a bad impression. Now, the bands made mixed impressions. I will say that. So Loathe is, uh, they're newer and they're a bit of a buzz band, but they're not thus far any of our style, per se. They kind of are, as many newer bands are, they kind of are Deftonesy. Um, I would say even a little bit heavier. I don't know how exactly well they fit on the bill with Chevelle and Three Days Grace's radio rock, but I get why you would pair very established hit making bands with buzz bands for each other's mutual benefit. Were they shoegazing? No, they they did have some more crowd interaction and some intensity. They said that these were some of the biggest shows that they've ever played in the States because they're from Liverpool. And so... You know, welcome to the U.S. That was pretty cool for them. They played under 30 minutes. And I will say that the last two songs they played were the ones that I took most note of. Those ones are called Is It Really You and Gord. So, you know, note to check those out if you're interested in experiencing Loathe. And then we moved on to Chevelle, who is one of my all time favorites and one of the bands I've seen the most historically. Wait, Chevelle played before Three Days Grace? 
Oh, that's a great, great question. Great note. So this is what they're calling a joint headline tour. Oh, okay. So in different cities, they would sort of not quite take turns, but in some cities, one band would close and in some cities, the other band would close. That makes sense. I've heard of that before. Yeah, I think Does Rocks did that with the Blue Stones a couple years back. Okay. I personally don't agree with that, with the state that Three Days Grace is in right now. I, you know, I think that that's that should be like a, a Chevelle headlining tour. But what do I know? That's that's interesting. So I on my personal taste, I would agree if I were booking the tour, I would have kept it in the order it was because I think that at least in with the benefit of hindsight, because the crowd was the most into three days grace okay. easily and at this particular show that said. I am a Chevelle fan and not really a Three Days Grace fan. So I knew why I was there. (laughs) (laughs) I went with my sister's fiance. It was our first time ever seeing a show together. It was really cool. He invited me. He said he won tickets on the radio. So that's a cool thing that still happens. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. So I was definitely happy to hang out with him and to to see a free show. Again, Chevelle's a band I've liked since 1999, whenever point number one first came out. I've seen him a few times, but it's been a while. Who's playing bass for him? I don't know. A touring bassist, presumably, uh, or some yeah. other long lost brother. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. <laughs> Somebody that can hit the low notes. Whoever. On a new brother. So I love seeing Chevelle live historically. Um, my recollection is that Pete is never like super overtly talkative, but that they're very true to their sound. They always sound good. I would say that they were still true to their sound and sounded very good at this set. But I think that Pete might be getting friendlier with the crowd as time goes by, because he definitely had more interaction than I've seen in previous shows. And he was very grateful. He like at the end of the show, he was like, St. Louis, it's been an absolute pleasure. And it wasn't just like the crowd service. You could to me, it felt like he truly meant that because I think sometimes bands just say that stuff. Well, I mean, possibly or he remembers the last time he was here. (laughs) <laughs> uh, briefly go on <laughs> uh, yeah we talked about it in one of our episodes but la- one of the last times they were here was during like a blues playoff game and <laughs> the blues so like the blues were playing and like I think they scored or something and it was right after a song ended I think they won the game and so the whole crowd started saying blues <laughs> Chevelle thought they were getting booed oh no those yeah. poor guys they're like yeah. boo no, no boo well, I'm not going to say that I booed this, but I will say that this is my first time seeing Chevelle in about a decade. And unfortunately for me, as much as I still like them and still think that they're a remarkably consistent act, my favorite Chevelle stuff is from that decade before. <laughs> um, very little of my favorite Chevelle is from their most recent two or three albums. And they were very heavy on those albums in this set list. They played multiple Neratia songs some stuff from North Corridor and ew. <laughs> I wasn't going to be that mean about I'm it. Just, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just playing. But it was, and, and it was like, it was like the first like four songs. Now, granted, one of those first four was an island and an island is a great song, but Agreed. before they got into, you know, like vitamin R and some of those, those older stuff, the first half of the set, I would say was very heavy on these newer tracks that I, I just am not as attached to, as the previous ones. Some of them were still pretty cool. Like, uh, you know, young wicked. This is the first time I've ever heard that one live, which is probably my favorite song on North corridor. Sounded great, but you know, 
I mean, it's one of those things that like Chad Sexton said, though, in terms of like their fans, though, you're trying to play to all all fans. Yeah, I just think that even if you're going to stick to some newer stuff, I think you got to mix it a little bit better because like, the yeah, big, you know, the, the end of their set list. So, OK, let's put it this way. I'm looking at their set list right now. Last uh, last seven songs. That's where you get the clincher, forfeit, send the pain below the red, which they did not close with, which I thought was interesting. Comfortable liar, which I always am happy to hear. I get it. So those ones, you know, some of like their big classic ones all bunched together at the end. So it was almost like a tale of two set lists. And then they closed with Mars Simula, which was an interesting choice. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my thing about that. I love Chevelle, still love Chevelle. Not my favorite performance I've seen of them, mostly based on personally not relating as much to the songs. Did learn a couple of things. One, the clincher is about claustrophobia. Didn't know that before. And two, I get it really inspires the white people without rhythm to try to dance. <laughs> they were not very successful, at least on the rhythm part, but they were having a good time. So more power to them. <laughs> uh, Three Days Grace. Another reason why I would say that they made sense as the headliner for this particular show is they're a much more involved theatrical band. Chappelle is very straight to the point. Like there was some backing visuals and stuff going on, but nothing special. Three days grace comes out. And first of all, they played the entirety of jump around over the PA system, the entirety of the song before they came out, which was a weird thing to do in my opinion. But when they come out, there's this big background. It's like this, it's like the logo. It's like on fire and it looks all, all cool and stuff. And so they immediately got a show going. He immediately starts talking about St. Louis and what that means to the band. And, uh, they prompted the crowd. It's like between songs, the Three Days Grace logo would flash in the rhythm of the Three Days Grace, Three Days Grace. And so the crowd would start doing what, what we as humans slash sheep do and chanting along. Uh, <laughs> I didn't care for that myself, but it worked. So credit to them. I'm trying to figure out how to how to go about it. He knows what he's doing. I will put it that way. But what what Matt Walsh, their second vocalist, is doing is not really my cup of tea. He he kind of introed every song by sort of doing an anecdote that segued into it. Like he, would, he was talking about like, first of all, the dude had a red solo cup in his hand the entire night. Oh, no. Which might be foreshadowing of. <laughs> but he was like, you know what? If you if you have a little bit too much tonight, call in sick tomorrow, because you know what? You like a bit of the good life. And everybody's like, oh, they're going to play the good life now. And then they do. So it's that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he says St. Louis always turns out, and they definitely did. People were, were for sure there for them. I have a hard time with them because, uh, especially when you know about Adam, the previous singer, and, and some of the songs that he had about recovery and things like that and mental health and where he's gone on to do St. Sonia since then. It's weird to hear a different person sing some of those tracks especially when I don't feel like he has the same, I don't know, maybe worldview about some of that stuff. He definitely seemed like a dude who was here to party, which is weird given some of the nature of some of their tracks. But I will say a couple of highlights for them. During Just Like You, they did this weird, like funky interlude and they bring up three fans to the stage and have them do guest background vocals to the track it's almost like a contest sort of which was entertaining because i'm pretty sure one of them had no idea what the actual words to the song were 
<laughs> she wisely avoids avoided speaking into the microphone. Uh, <laughs> and then Lifetime is a song from their new album, which is I'm not really much of a ballad person, but it was a it was a very pretty ballad about loss. And then I will give Matt credit because he threw out some death metal shrieks during Riot, their uh, closing song. And I didn't know he had that in him. So kudos. To you. <laughs> <laughs> so again, not a huge Three Days Grace fan. They didn't really they didn't really rub me the right way either or like make a better impression like I kind of hope they would. But the crowd as a whole was into them. So and you stayed the entire show. I stayed the entire show. Yeah, you probably forced to. I mean, we could have left a little early, but we didn't. I'm also somewhat of a completionist in that regard. I was I was I was there to to see what happened and get the experience. So, yeah. And then Casey and I, a couple nights later, um, went to another venue that was a first for both of us. And that's a place called the Hawthorne, which is uh, downtown near the itch's uh, pseudo favorite venue, the Red Flag. Yes, we got down there a little later than we anticipated, but it actually worked in our favor that that happened. Uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, I figured I'm going to pause and let you take it for a minute because I just talked for a lot. Yeah, you're, you're good. So we get down there and we're trying to find a place to park. And in certain places in St. Louis, that's easier said than done. <laughs> <laughs> and being that the Hawthorne is typically like a wedding venue, I was kind of curious how this was going to play out because they just started playing music concerts at this place. So we get down there and as we park and start walking to the place, the opening band finished as we were walking up to the Hawthorne and uh, we get in and this place was already pretty packed at this point. We buried the lead a little bit here. We're going to see another very much buzz band right now, a band by the name of sleep token which we won't, we won't get into all of their um, mystique and lore just yet. But uh, they sold this place out. Yes. So we're checking out Sleep Token. You know, we've, we've heard quite a few of their songs and just kind of wanted to check them out live and, and see what they're all about. And man, the, the crowd was, was ready for it. There was, there was quite some uh, punky-looking outfits and, and people dressed to the nines and I don't know. People were all over the, the place with the, the clothing. <laughs> yeah. So it's another one of those venues in St. Louis where they need to uh, put some ventilation into the place. They need a big ass fan or a. Uh... <laughs> Which is a real thing by brand name, by the way. Yes. Not just a descriptor. Yes. They need an industrial size fan or even even the, the floor fans, you know, circulating air or something. I, I get it's a tripping hazard and whatnot, but something needs to be circulating air somewhere. If you've listened to previous concert recaps, you know that AC inside a venue is very important, especially to us. Yeah. <laughs> we are not trying uh, to pass out at shows. And so... <laughs> Right. This place between between the St. Louis summer heat, end of summer, early fall, whatever you want to call it, and the sold out crowd and the kind of lack of ventilation, it was hot in there. And so, yeah, fans. Another thing that I've seen venues do that I would highly recommend is having ice water pitchers yes. uh, at the bar that people can just fill themselves, so you're not taking attention away from the bartenders. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, the itch endorses comfort at indoor shows. <laughs> yeah. And so the layout of this place was kind of interesting because it was like, a, I don't know if a horseshoe is necessarily accurate, but it, there was like the stage is kind of off to the right on the side. And then they had, you know, the floor and then it kind of gradually like slanted. And then there was this stairs that kind of went on to a higher platform where people were standing it, I don't know. There's, there's people everywhere. It was <laughs> one thing that I thought was cool is the merch stand is definitely, it's all one big room ultimately, but yeah. the merch area is separated like as far as one could get it away from the stage. So there's not like an overlap per se of people, you know, and, and most venues do this. So it's not like a unique thing, but it was placed well. Uh, and also another thing that they did have that I thought was pretty cool was what I at least presume were complimentary earplugs uh, at the table where you check in, give me your ticket. There was, there was earplugs on the table, which I definitely grabbed a pair at one point. Um, I believe they were <laughs> free. If sorry, if not, sorry, Hawthorne, I owe you a pair of cheap earplugs. Uh, but I'm also a big fan of those in my old age. So love when somebody puts those out for you. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron and I were scoping out the place. Again, keep in mind, we, we got there. The opening band is done and we're waiting. And normally when, you know, they're loading stuff off, loading stuff on, they play music, they get the crowd kind of still hyped up or whatever. They really didn't play that much music. And then they would randomly play like one song and it'd be like System of a Down or something. And they'd play one song and the crowd would go nuts because, you know, the crowd's thinking that they're going to get ready to hear the next band. And then they proceeded to not play any more music and then wait another 20 minutes. <laughs> so we were standing in the heat for a long time. We got to this venue at 940 or so as the band was the opening act was finishing up. Sleep token didn't go on until 11. Wow. I'd have been asleep by then. Yeah. Over and maybe hour. that's my <laughs> sleep token. They're trying to make you go to sleep first. They yeah. almost succeeded. Well, maybe uh, knock me out between that and the heat. But yeah. I mean, it was kind of funny because they started doing a sound check at a little before 10. And like every time they would check something, the crowd would freak out because they thought something was going to happen and then nothing would. Yeah. I don't blame the venue for that. That sounds probably no. like a sleep token issue. Yeah. Um, but you should still not be keeping an audience sitting doing nothing for an hour, especially in a hot place. Yeah. Was, I've never was, heard of a venue start or a headlining band starting at 11 as well. That's pretty damn late, unless like it's an yeah. intentional late show. I think it was intentional. I just don't think it was a good choice. Uh, yeah. I don't personally. know. I don't know. Yeah. But as this is happening of nothing um the the fog machines kept rolling so a lot like the saw show at pops there was a ton of uh smoke and, and such and sleep token goes on stage they're all hooded up you can't see them at all because of the hoods you can't see them at all because i think they had the mask but you couldn't see the mask because there's so much smoke which is that's and intentional as well Oh, it is. It You're is. not supposed to see or know who they are. No, I, I, I only, get only the singer even has a name. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that. But I say that all to say we see their first three songs. And then after the third song, me, me, me. 
the smoke alarm starts going off and it goes off for about three songs. Casey oh, was wow. like, they didn't shut, they didn't stop or yeah, shut it no, off or anything. It gets well, better. It gets Casey better. Was, Casey's like, do you hear that beeping in the song? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, is that part of the song? And at first I was like, maybe. And then I was like, no, that's a smoke like, alarm. It's, I was like, it's rhythmic, but it's not the rhythm of the song. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is this? And to make it even funnier, I'm almost, I'm like 99% sure we're standing next to Donnie Fandango again. Shout out to Donnie Fandango. We're going to become concert buddies. <laughs> and, and, and he and I are looking at each other like, that's the smoke alarm, right? <laughs> Should you evacuate? <laughs> well, yeah, Donnie, di- Donnie did. <laughs> Donnie isn't going to get... We didn't see him again after that. Yeah, we didn't see him after that. Right up his bitch. I'm going home. I don't know. He probably was somewhere in the venue still, but we didn't see him. I don't know. He he went out the back door and we never saw him again. <laughs> yeah. Smoked the place out. It was, it was so, so weird. So it gets better because they they bring out this twenty foot ladder, Jeff Hardy like, style ladder, yeah, yeah. Jeff Jeff Hardy style Swanton ladder, yeah, and uh, they they drag it out and they they set it up and it's it's got they got like five guys and they're bracing the ladder with four four of them and then the one guy gets up there and he hits a button and it stops for like ten seconds and then it starts again. <laughs> And then no, he then, he he turns he turns it off, and the whole crowd that could hear him because if you yeah. were in front of, I don't think you could hear the thing if you were in front of it because I think the yeah. sound man was drowning out. But we were behind where the alarm was. Everybody behind the alarm gave the guy a round of applause, and he was so proud of himself for turning it off. And yeah. then he climbs the ladder and he gets to the bottom, and it starts up again. <laughs> wow! So so it was after, a whole show in itself. Yeah, after a few tries of going up and down and up and down, he just rips the thing off the wall. <laughs> or the ceiling. That's that's safety. Unsafe. He was the hero. And I, yeah, I told Aaron, I said, well, at least we're next to the exit doors unless they locked those. Yeah. Also, ironically, at some point, at some point during the smoke alarm beeping, um, there was a line in one of the Sleep Token songs about secondhand smoke, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, it was a whole thing. The show itself was interesting because I don't think the main vocals for the lead singer were that high. Like the background vocals. The yeah, yeah, in the in the mix. Because the, the, the background vocals, the, the women that were singing were phenomenal. And you could hear them clear as day. You could not hear the lead singer hardly at all. Let me let me paint a little bit of a picture while we get into that. You already mentioned, you know, everybody's everybody's wearing masks and they kind of have these like cloaks on and it's it's kind of smoky up on stage. Like there's this intentional mystique about this band. You know, they got the band. They've got Vessel, the front man. He's kind of kind of wiry, smaller than I thought. Yeah, and he's kind of doing these weird dances on stage. And then you have these three female druids doing background vocals. So it's it's a whole scene. And musically, I would say. Again, I don't. I hate to com- to compare every you know newer act to them, but Sleep Token is kind of like if uh, Deftones were like R and B, yeah, theatrical, and, and maybe a cult, yes, uh, and maybe if like every song was about existentialism instead of about sex, that's that's what I would call them. <laughs> yeah, so Tool, kind of, maybe kinda. a little bit, sort um, of. 
I would say Tool is like the prog ver- version of that, whereas Snoop Dogg is like R&B. They're like heavy R&B is the way I put it. Yeah. yeah He's yeah. got a beautiful voice and then some shrieks. And it's very, it's very like dreamy like that, you know, when Chino does that thing. But because the the mix of his vocals weren't very strong, the audience uh, took over for him because you heard the audience singing along with pretty much every song. Told which, you yeah, which I I get it, and especially when people, you know, that's what they love to do. But when I go to shows, I want to actually like hear the performance and not a drunk person next to me or <laughs> a tone deaf person next yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. Or fourteen-year-old girls screaming at the top of their lungs. Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. It was a lot. It was a lot of that. I do want to draw attention. I want to call it a few particular songs, if I can, that I, uh, that I was able to catch. Again, we're not uber familiar with Sleep Token. Yeah. Um, this was more of an experiment. I wanted to see this band that everybody's talking about, and I wanted to see this venue that is kind of new to the scene and kind of see what they had going for them. But pointing it out, the song "Vor" was like the third track they played. Brutal. And it kind of ruled. It might have been the coolest song of, of the whole show. Yeah. Um, and and the female vocalists had a moment to shine in that one. Uh, they played a track near the end called Granite that was really cool. And then this song called The Love You Want, which was like I, I slightly joke about them being R&B, but that was legit a straight up heavy R&B ballad. So yeah, here's your things. Yeah. So. I mean, I had a I had a fun time watching it, but it 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 was a lot of little things that that made it kind of hard to get through. I did not have a fun time. I'm just going to be blunt about it. I'm not trying to be mean. Like I legitimately wasn't enjoying myself, and um, I say that because I want to give the Hawthorne the benefit of the doubt as a venue that is that is like we mentioned. They're kind of new to playing rock shows, especially, and they're not exclusively a concert venue. There were some cool things going on there bathrooms meticulous quite clean this whole section um off to the side by the stage there was a freaking taco truck there well not a truck but like like a street food stand where they're putting out some real good smelling food in there and that is a nice thing that i think more local venues should do Um, yeah they have a lot of potential there's just some things that i think need to work out and some of them may be more on account of sleep token than the venue but i would say the main thing is ventilation like you gotta you got to either open some of those other doors or you got to get some big fans and water or something. Cause I was physically uncomfortable for most of the show. And that made me not able to enjoy it very much. That was the other thing where we were standing, they had this like giant elephant door that was closed. And then they had like four, four other doors that could have been open, but the, they had like two security guards stand there and make sure that they never open them. Yeah. So that was unfortunate. But they got some more cool shows coming uh, over the next few months, so the itch might be back, um, and we'll see. We'll give we'll give them a second chance and see what what happens there. Because, like I said, I, I have high hopes for them. Also, I think the Hawthorne is a cool name. Yeah, this is a side note. I like the names of stuff. I'm pretty sure Dirty Honey is coming in December, so we'll not they prob- are. probably see that one. The itch enjoys some Dirty Honey. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Show three. Stan's turn to finally speak. Yeah, yeah, I get a turn. <laughs> so we decided to actually, I think this was like the sh- third concert this year that we actually like paid to go see. To be honest. And I'm only mentioning this 
<laughs> I am only mentioning this because it, it does come it does come into relevance at the end of the concert, basically. Because, um, yeah. So, anyway, we went and saw 0936, The Who, and Asking Alexandria at the factory on Monday, September 25th. Uh, you know, the factory is, is just it's a, another great place. But one thing I do want to mention is that um, the same night at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, Falling in Reverse and Avenged Sevenfold was playing. Um, so needless to say, this was the least crowded I had ever seen the factory yeah. um, for a concert. And it was it was even crazier because we'll talk about it. But like half the people left like halfway through the show, too. And they weren't wrong to do so. But, you know, it's <laughs> foreshadowing. Oh, yeah. Zero nine thirty six opened for them. And uh, <laughs> how to say this nicely um, is going to be very tricky. Uh, if you if you want more details on zero nine thirty six, you can listen to our ship rocked episode and pretty much our our summary in there. It's it's the same exact thing. He had technical issues at this show too, um, to where he could not play. He literally like stood around the stage for fifteen minutes, where they even like kicked the music back on, um, as he's just like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play a show or not because apparently his ear monitors weren't working. Or something. I don't know yeah, exactly yeah. what the hell the issue was. Yep, that that was it. Uh, yeah. So he he kept asking asking the crowd if he knew the score of the brown the Browns game or whatever it was. Yeah, the Phillies game. Oh, the Phillies game. Yeah. So the, I've seen this dude now four times live, and no joke, three of those sets he has had one fuck up or another, and and like I can't I can't even make this up. Like to where he he really wasn't even sure if he was going to finish this set. Now, I will say at least like this time he did a good job of kind of poking fun at himself, so to speak. And like, you know, yeah. at least being lighthearted about the situation so that when he was actually able to play songs and, and you know, he, he's a funny guy and he was able to, I guess, keep the, the crowd still on his side, even after basically not playing for 30 minutes of his set. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's he, he was joking, saying. All right, if you if I if I come play in St. Louis again, which I probably won't, but if I do, you all get comped or something <laughs> like that. And then, and then after that, he's like, "All right, I'm going to be at the merch booth. You can meet me over there if you want to. I but I I don't I understand if you don't want to. It's it's fine." <laughs> yeah, he he was definitely using self-deprecation and humor up there to try to get, keep people on his side since it was such a sloppy set. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, it was definitely unfortunate. The one thing that was kind of funny, though, is some some uh, child, I guess. I don't know if it was a child. Who knows? Yeah, but, I don't know how old they were. But yeah. um, they had a sign that they had made that said, I had streamed your song 400 times on Spotify. Yeah. And he said, he said, well, and, oh, and I came here to listen to it for live for the first time. And he's like, well, too bad. Um, <laughs> due to technical difficulties who knows if we'll actually be able to play it no but, <laughs> so, i mean he he had a good little comedy bit going uh and he they did end up playing and that was a song they finished with but yeah uh yeah it's just it's really unfortunate that i've now seen him three times or four times and three out of the four times he's just had a and Hannah made a good point that that fourth time he could have had a botch. We showed up to a set about 40% into the show. Um, so he could have had a botch that set and we just didn't know about it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I think that he needs to find a way to have some songs ready to where if his computer or if he has technical difficulties, he can just play three songs like raw, so to speak. Yeah. That's a good call. You got to be prepared, uh, especially at this stage. Like he's a guy who's kind of been on, on the rise for a few years. You got to sort that stuff out if you really want to move to the next level, I think. Well, and especially if it's a consistent thing that happens, because yeah. I mean, this this happens more often than not. I, and, you know, I have to and I hate to say this, but, you know, you're either if you're not going to take it seriously and not be professional, you're going to end up more like a Jarris Johnson as opposed to a grandson. Oh, you know, that's fair. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a reason why those people are where they are. Yeah. And I want to make sure we're clear. We're zero fans. So any everything yeah, here is 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 constructive criticism for the purpose of we hope for good things to happen. Yes. Yeah, I love his music. Yeah. And so we're rooting for for him and, and really all the artists that we talk about. Um, but at the same time, you got to be honest about where things are falling short. Yeah. And then the who came on stage and oh, my <laughs> God, that was incredible. Like, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to lie. They're the reason why I wanted to see the show. Yes, and, I agree. And, I do agree and and pay the pay the full ticket and it, they were well worth the price of admission just just by them by themselves i had high expectations because you know you you expect to see some mongolians just rocking out and playing some weird instruments and just having a good time but they were fucking amazing because there's eight guys up on stage you have uh two guys playing like these weird mongolian string kind of stand up violin yeah. guitar thingies yeah that's my best description of it um, <laughs> i don't know what it is yeah stand-up guitar violin thingies it's yeah, kind of sure. like it's kind of like a, a skinny cello with like two or three strings yeah, yeah. i'm sure we can fact check this and find out exactly what everything's called but i think it's better yeah. funnier that we don't yeah, i agree yeah, yeah. weird stand-up like violin. got it yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah. So there's like, so if you include those two guys, there's five guys up on stage that have string instruments. There's two drummers and just one guy that just all he does is sing. <laughs> and yep. so, but th- there's basically three lead singers that all like, so the, the, the second drummer who was playing, what kind of drums were those? The big, it's big like, a, drums it's, or whatever I don't know what, I don't know what type of drum it's technically called, but it's more or less like a timpani drum. Yeah. They were huge. And he yeah. had lots of them around him. Uh, and so like he was also like the third singer, but he was like the backup singer for everything. It was but so all out of eight guys, like seven or eight of them all sang and they were all singing like at the same time. They were so in uh, sync with each other, with their vocals, with their instruments. I mean, it was just it was beautiful. I love that. Harmonizing is one of the coolest things for me to hear live. Yeah, I had a I had a smile on my face the entire time they were on stage. That's, that's <laughs> and it was just night and day. It was so crazy too because you're 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 talking about a band that's so well rehearsed and so on point that they know exactly like what everybody's doing, where what everybody's playing, like every second of the song, right after zero, who's not rehearsed and and you know just one thing I got to point out with the Who is uh just the the language barrier for one so they you know they play they play a song or two and then 
all of a sudden you just hear just a frog. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's the name it's of the town of, we were in, by the way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where the factory is located. I was waiting for him to say St. Louis, to be honest, but no, he he said Chesterfield, and in all uh, he his... he straight up pulled up that address and looked up the <laughs> 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 tried to pr- pronounce it from Google or some shit. I'm sure. Where yeah. am I at? Right, and he sounded totally like a Muppet character. Is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he he sounded exactly like you. You would assume, <laughs> yeah, like you know, and I hate to say this, but like one of those cartoon Mongolians, like you just assume, like, <laughs> like from Mulan or some shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I seriously felt like when we were watching like them play, like we were getting ready to be invaded. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, yep. it was fucking awesome. I was ready for it too. I mean, like they yeah. could have had the. I didn't let him. Well, <laughs> and, and the part that you were definitely ready for was when he they play a couple more songs and then he he comes to the microphone. And, Are you ready for some Metallica? And yeah, Dan's like, "Yes, yes, I am." They killed it. They played through the never uh, in Mongolian, I guess, because like, <laughs> I didn't understand the lyrics. That's for sure. Yep. You knew the, I'm, sitting there, you, I'm sitting there trying to sing on like what the fuck that's not <laughs> yeah. it's not the same thing the the other funny humorous language barrier is uh they played song of woman and then he tried to say you know you must treat her with respect or you know you must treat her right and it was you must treat and then it like silence for like <laughs> a really long time and i'm like oh <laughs> poor guy like, and then he, he just his... went on to the next thing yeah, yeah he, he's like you must treat <laughs> i don't know the words he didn't say that he just but started like... playing the song, <laughs> singing the song it sounded like to me like he had a few lines he was trying to memorize yeah. in english for the show and then he yeah. just blanked on his line it, midway through totally that he was like oh brain fart nope i'm not getting it back all right let's move on fellas <laughs> yeah. yep, yep, let's keep going <laughs> I love that. They were they were so awesome though. Like they were so entertaining from start to finish. Like I like he like Casey said, I was just entranced watching the stage. Like I, you couldn't take your eyes off the stage. There was eight people to keep your attention for one. Yes. Um. And they were just they were so good. They were just so good. Uh, another thing to to point out is um this this show kind of started earlier than than normal for some yeah. reason. And uh, so after the Who was was done, uh, a lot of people left. Oh my God! So <laughs> people left. <laughs> like, it, it was a sparse crowd at the end of of the show. There, I don't know if they just had somewhere to be because it was a Monday, or if they really thought that they could make it to see Avenged Sevenfold on time. I have no idea. But no joke, after the Who, the people like half the venue just left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so for a headlining act, that place was very, very uh, ghost town. <laughs> yeah. In fairness, I, what, I, what I will say about that is that the Who doesn't make sense as a pairing with pretty much anybody. So like, no matter who they're touring with, the crowd is going to be there for them or they're going to be there for the other band, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I think that the Who Bloody Wood tour would be amazing. Yeah, that would I'll be good. that. That would yeah, be yeah, that yeah. Would perfect. That's what should happen. The next time they both come to the US, 
the Who headlines and Bloody Wood opens, and it would just be the coolest Throwing, show like, ever. Baby metal or some shit big to open. Yeah, it. let's all just make it a whole international. Yeah, all yeah. international. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Globe yeah. tour requirement: you must sing some songs or maybe all the songs not in English. The itch yes. books a tour. Stamp it. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that. Let's put some. What was that band that played Point Fest? The the Japanese made band. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Handmade? Band made. Band made. Yeah, made can yeah, open. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then Bloody Wood, and then the Who. Done. Yeah, the itch booked a tour. That's right. <laughs> so we have quite the uh, the history with asking Alexandria, and uh, we've attempted to see them. This is, this will be the fourth time, and they've canceled every other time up until now. So, <laughs> yeah, for one reason or another, they've canceled, uh, backed out, you know, every time that we've had chance to see them, um, including most recently on Upheaval. Yeah. When the drummer was had broken his foot, um, they were replaced by Flyleafs, which, you know, we we've stated at the time and said to this time, day that like that was a, a great replacement. We're definitely not bitter about that. Yeah. But it's just but, funny. But it became- it's like a yeah. running gag that we're never going to see asking Alexander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wish that held true. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they they come out on stage, and and Dan and I are kind of honestly when we when we would have seen them the last time, I was kind of hoping to hear a lot of the newer, you know, last two albums or so. And, and to, to so to to top on that, to add on to that, um, I you know most of us have become. Asking Alexandria fans since 2017 when they put out their self-titled album and then they put out like like a house on fire and then they put out the uh, look, you know, what's on the end, see what's on the inside uh, like a, a year or two ago and their most recent album. Um, where do we go from here? Like they have a sound that they have developed recently that people have fallen in love with. It's more of a radio type sound. And that's actually what the itch is drawn to. We've, we've stated this on our show several times that we're not fans of like the heavy, hardcore screaming, unless you can also sing. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, Dan in particular and the itch overall is a bigger fan of octane asking Alexandria than scene asking Alexandria. Bingo. Correct. You named Correct. it. Yeah. yeah. So we were excited to see him finally after after years of disappointment, and uh, so they go ahead on stage and they they open up their set, and immediately Danny, the lead vocalist, says, "All right, I'm sorry, guys. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit." And we're like, "Wait a minute, what?" Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. Like both both me and you were like, did he did he seriously just say that? Like, yeah, is he is he sick? Yeah, I don't like why why would somebody say that? Yeah, so he he kept he kept mentioning that he's threw up in his mouth a little bit, and then um, that's cute. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, they go and and play a couple more songs, and and then he. He, he did have good crowd crowd banter and he he said you know well you had you had your choice of shows and and you came you came to this one you know <laughs> yeah so he they were he, well he was well aware that Vince Sevenfold was playing across town but then it, the story also came out that they were the reason why he was feeling so terrible because he was hung over from hanging out with Vince Sevenfold yeah um apparently two nights ago before yeah. this concert so like his hangover was so bad that it lasted, it lasted a day multiple nights. and a half yeah 
Something tells me maybe he didn't stop during that mi- day in the middle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably not. Exactly. He kept the party going. Oh, yeah, dang. so the, you know, because he was feeling out of it, they were playing and maybe you know, maybe it wasn't just because of that, maybe it was just the set list that they chose on this particular tour, maybe, but like yeah. they played a lot of their heavy hardcore songs. Um and so like when I had come to the show expecting to hear songs like, you know, hopefully like Psycho, I was I was disappointed. Um there was yeah. just a couple songs that I was, you know, hoping to hear and I mean, they just played a lot of their older stuff. So if you were like a true Asking Alexandra fan that's followed them for the 17 years or something that they've been a band, this was your concert. But like, yeah. if you're a, a, a fan like I am that just joined, you know, with their last four albums, this was this was not my concert. Yeah. So that was. Yeah. Like with me and the Chevelle show, it was like. I like them and their performance. I didn't particularly love their song selection. And for you guys, it was didn't love the performance or the song selection. (laughs) At least one of them hopefully could have saved the other. But no, not not tonight. Pretty much. But there was a lot of uh, attempted moshing going on. And uh, (laughs) attempted. Well, (laughs) there was this one drunk asshole that kept starting fights in the crowd. And, uh, yeah, that was annoying. Yeah. That's one thing I wanted to kind of touch base on is like, I don't know if people have just kind of forgotten the rules of the pit or maybe they're just taking shit too seriously nowadays. I don't know, but man, I have seen so many fights at concerts recently and it's all stemming from the pit. It's like, you know what, if you, if you go in there thinking that you're going to fight people, then for one, don't go in there. Um, that's not what the pit is for. It is yes to release aggression, but it's not to go over there and start shit. Um, you know, I just I just feel like the unwritten rules of the pit are kind of lost on people, and yeah. because of that, like, or maybe just there's just more aggression. I don't know, but I like we've seen so many fights, um, and, we, and at the most recent concerts we've been to, and we didn't necessarily see how this started and exactly like what happened at the exact point point of time, but what was weird to me as I'm as I'm you know filming asking Alexandria's performance and with my phone. Um, there was a lot of women that kept going, like the, the pit would open and there was a lot of women that would go into the pit, which I, I kind of thought was strange, like the amount of, of women that were going in there. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. If, if people are following the rules of the pit, like I said, you know, taking care of each other, not trying to go in their elbows up or whatever. I agree. I think to Dan's point. A good pit, actually, I think, should be a generally safe place for women, if you're if you're doing it well and yeah. and and looking out for each other. Well, the re- the reason why, and, and it's not to say that women can't go into the pit because that is that is not what I'm saying at all. No, but, I know. I'm just I just wanted to step on that soapbox. For a yeah, second. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I totally get you. But when you when you see that there's one or two drunk assholes that are ruining the pit for everyone else, it's probably best to not go in there. Yeah, this guy was like doing the the hardcore like fist up in the air, like marching, like he's trying like the- to just start stuff. And and he, I, I don't know if he because he found like the tallest guy in the pit and started <laughs> stuff with him. Um, that didn't end up too well for him because yeah. they they were kind of like wrapped up in each other, and so they were pulled the drunk guy out. Um, the, they talked to them both, and then I guess everything was a okay, so they let them both go. And then lo and behold, the drunk guy hits a kid or something like that. It's yeah. the story that I heard. He punched yeah, this, a kid. Yeah. 
And so like this other guy basically like grappled him from behind and like dragged him out of the pit. And security's like, dude, we, we got it. And this guy's like, no, he hit a kid. I'm not letting him go. <laughs> <laughs> that is all three strikes right there. You are out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it was just unnecessary. You know, I get trying to have fun in a pit and I, you know, letting some aggression out, but there's, there's ways to do it that are proper. And there's, there's ways to, you know, if you're going to go in there to try to start shit, then go somewhere else. Like, you know, there's yeah. boxing rings for that. There's gems and stuff for that kind of stuff. Like don't, don't go to a rock show to start fights. Right. Well, and, and even Danny was like, are you guys all right out there? Specifically this area of the crowd, <laughs> the pit referencing the, the pit, pit area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was unfortunate, but, so asking Alexandria was definitely disappointing. I mean, they, they were good on the songs that I loved. Um, you know, it's just I, I, I guess I wanted to hear different songs and, and it just didn't live up to the expectations that I had. However, the Who saved the night and the Who were just amazing. So if, if I got a chance to see the Who again, I'll be there every single time. Yeah. Especially with Bloody Wood. Somebody make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we want. 2024 wish list. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the show that we were all three at, our our main event here, as it were. Dan's birthday celebration. Back at the factory again. Yeah. So on my birthday, September 26th, we went to the factory again, back-to-back nights, to see Blame My Youth, AWOL Nation, and 311. Uh, it, was, it was a really good concert overall, I have to say. I agree. Lots of fun. Yeah. I liked each band more than the last. Uh, somehow, despite being a fan for like most of 30 years, this is my first time ever seeing 311 live and they still bring crazy energy. It was great. That's crazy to me. Like every time you, you say that, uh, because I think this is a couple of times this year you've seen a band live that I've seen like multiple, multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, how? How is that possible? I've seen this band like eight times. <laughs> a, a big piece of it is that I lived up in Chicago for like a decade. And and from the time I moved here until we started the podcast and then which started in the pandemic, I haven't seen nearly as many shows as I had in the years before that. Like hardly at all, to be honest. Yeah. And so uh, like it, it's kind of a dark there's like a blackout a dark decade period. Where I didn't see very many shows. Period. Well, to be fair, I think you've mentioned this, but there's more to do in Chicago than St. Louis. All we have to do in Chicago is to go to concerts, yeah. <laughs> baseball yeah, games yeah. and concerts. That's what we do around here. Yeah. In the yeah, and then also, you know, being up here like you guys are the concert, like at least the rock people. Like I don't have like most yeah. of the people that I that I spend time with up here aren't really trying to go see the kind of bands that we're talking about in this, in this episode. So yeah. that makes sense too. Yeah. Harder to find a crew. You know what I'm saying? It was all of our first time seeing blame my youth live and they were really good. I think that they kind of surprised all of us, to be honest. Um, I had listened to a couple of songs leading up to the concert and yeah, they were okay on recording, but I think they were definitely better live than their recordings. Yeah. I, they- they were fun. One of you guys did a band blender for them at the show, and I thought yeah. it was pretty darn good. Um, yeah. If I remember right, you kind of said they had some hints of, of Giovanni and the Hired Guns. Yep. And maybe, maybe some Blue October in there. Blue October, yep. And a little bit of the band that followed, Laywall Nation. Um, yeah. And I would throw a little bit of Lit in there, too. It was radio rock, kind of in, 
inspirational ish. Um, lots of sing alongs and stuff about drinking. Um, yep. they kind of yeah. look like truckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, they were a good opening band. They definitely brought energy. Yeah. And they were almost like a mix between the two bands, AWOL Nation and 311 in the sense that they had like, you know, they had a couple of their slower types of songs, but they also had some, a couple of rock and good riffs too. And their front man really liked the St. Louis crowd. Again, one yes. of those times where like front men are supposed to say that, but in my opinion, I feel like I can tell when someone truly means it and versus when they're just saying it because it's part of the show. Well, and in, in this case, this show was packed from, oh, yeah. from, from start to finish. This show was packed full of people, wall to wall craziness. It was a sellout crowd. Yep. Yeah. And it's, that was like the, busiest i had seen the, so it's funny because like we go from the least yeah, busiest the least to the busiest, busiest and back-to-back nights <laughs> yeah good times so awol nation took the stage next and i just want to kind of point out that you know the, the itch loves them some awol nation but we've also had some interesting uh events of seeing awol nation and you got to expand on that. <laughs> you know, like I was just glad that like I was supposed to sit down at this at this concert because like I had a seat. Um, yeah. it, last concert we went to, like everybody was forced to sit down and like, you you know, it, it was weird because it was like the last AWOL Nation concert when they were headlining. It was set up like a almost like a lounge, like a uh, like a jazz like, club. Yeah, exactly. Well, they had tables and everybody was sitting around the tables and just there to enjoy a little bit of AWOL Nation. Yeah. Um, but, but this was was set up like an actual rock concert. It's a factory. It's a, a rock concert venue. Um, so there was no tables set up anywhere. And it was jam-packed. It was sellout. So like they were there to play a rock show, and they did. I think that this was probably one of their best sets that I'd seen them play a, a, a long a time, to be honest. Yeah. I haven't seen an AWOL set, I don't know, since like 2011 or something at some point fest that I don't truly even remember if I'm being honest, but they were, they were impressed live. Um, yeah. Aaron Bruno knows what he's doing up there for one. Well, that's what I wanted to say is AWOL nation to me is a better mid opener than they are a headlining act. Agreed. And that's, that's, that's not a slight to the band at all, but like when they have to play a longer set or, or an, a, just an alternate uh, type of set they they kind of get in their own way they they mess mm-hmm. up they mess up the flow of the show so when they play a, a shorter set if they play a lot of their their more upbeat songs it, it makes for a better show yeah i agree and they like, did you you had, you, had yeah. you know kill your heroes and run uh and the best a lot of that stuff especially early on in the set they still managed to get that lounge song in there. Yeah, the Pacific Coast Highway the movies. <laughs> yes, they need to exactly. drop. They need to drop that from the set. I'm I'm petitioning right now. Uh, yeah, Bruno <laughs> needs to uh, nix that song from his set going forward. I second that. Like it was okay, but it kind of slowed things down, and and I, I thought that the set would definitely have been stronger with to a screeching halt. <laughs> yeah, so this is our you're, challenge. You're harsher than I am, but I still feel you. <laughs> this is our challenge so just nix that from the set unless you're playing it with rivers cuomo yes if you're if you're on tour with yes. weezer you can play sure. the song yeah if you're you on go. tour with weezer you can well, play allow it, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
If not, it's out. <laughs> Put not your fault back in the set list or something like that. Yeah. Um, or that's, or Mayday. Mayday. Mayday would be fun. But you, you got some crowd pleasers. They could definitely find some stuff that uh, that would work. Yeah, that, that'd be my call. That's just my little bit of advice for you. But overall impressive. Definitely, I thought, a good fit for the bill. Um, I I think one thought I had during the set was that they would be really good openers for Muse, only to find out that they've opened for yeah. Muse plenty of times. We, we, we saw that show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys had seen that set. I was like, oh, cool. That, okay. <laughs> they were great. Yeah, no, it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another random side, a thing that I like. Um, lighting is an important thing to me at shows uh, because yes. it can it can really make or break. And if it's blind in you, then it's it sucks. These guys had a cool kind of setup where like a lot of the lighting for their set um, was on the side, and it was shooting across the stage as yeah. opposed to out into the crowd. And I thought that was kind of neat. And uh, I'm for that for future. I agree. As reference. someone who's brought sunglasses to a lot of shows recently, <laughs> word. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I feel like they're doing that just to make sure that people's video that they take turn out real crappier than they already are. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's a theory. And it might That's work. It's my theory. That's yeah. why they're shining the, the lights on the on the crowd more so than the band nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So despite us having balcony seats, um, when it was time for 311, I, I, I had to I had to apologize for skipping out <laughs> on y'all, but I had to get down there with the people, amongst the people, and feel all that amber energy and and, and get in there. So <laughs> Yeah, now you didn't. You weren't on back-to-back concerts, so. <laughs> well, there was yeah. there was it that was, was I, working a full day both days too. Yeah, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to elbow my way through the crowd down there in a. In a you should have though. House. I would like to elbow packed. some crowd. It was packed. <laughs> like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be that big guy that just like you know blocks a bunch of people's view. Like, excuse me, sorry, I'm trying to get closer. Ha ha ha. I mean, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> It was very packed, but it was worth it. The second they freaking launched into beautiful disaster, and I got to see a few of those vintage, weird peanut leg kicks. Uh, it was it was on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I th- I don't know if we've talked about three eleven live before, but you know, when we interviewed Chad, it was interesting to hear him talk about how they developed their their set because in the past sets that I've seen they always play like such deep cuts that like, I, I feel lost half, half the set almost, but this definitely was not like that. They played. And I, you know, I, I don't know if you consider like songs like do you write and flowing like deep cuts. Cause I, they're on no, the greatest hits, but they're singles. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, I truly enjoyed this set list probably out of all the times I've seen three eleven. Like this was one of my favorite sets that I've seen like this. There were still a couple of deep cuts, but like there mm-hmm. was maybe like three out of the whole set list. And they played for almost an hour and a half. Yeah. They put, they put TMP combo in the encore, which is like, I think the last track on the blue album, which I thought was a, a weird choice, but welcome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I agree. Yeah. There's 22 tracks in this set. Maybe like four of them were ones that wouldn't have been obvious selections. Agreed. Yeah. Can't complain. And and personally, as somebody who really like dives into their discography, at this point I'm familiar enough that 
I kind of dig the deep cuts. <laughs> yeah. You would think. I yeah. thought I knew their discography as well, man. But <laughs> but they still like, find songs. Yeah, they'll still yeah. find songs. You're just like, what? What am I <laughs> listening to? Yeah. Did they just make this shit up on the spot? Like, <laughs> to their credit, they played songs in that 22 song set. They played stuff from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different albums. You got to respect that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Including a, a massive drum solo with the whole oh, band. Oh, boy. Oh, that yeah. applied drum science line. drum line. So it great. Was great. Yeah. For anyone who's not familiar with this band, uh, it's a routine thing that during the song Applied Science, they break down into a massive drum solo for Chad Saxon, which over the year has also come to incorporate kind of like, I don't know what you call it, like an electronic. He starts incorporating some some rhythms that aren't just from your basic drum set. Yeah. And then culminates in, while he's doing this, stagehands bringing multiple other drum sets and drums onto the stage and the entire band having a drum off. And it's delightful <laughs> it, it's so amazing to watch essay drum like because he's just he's so weird with his movements he's like a robot but <laughs> yes, he like is. and he, he does that even when he's drumming like he has those still robotic movements that essay does yep and he's still on <laughs> on beat with everything even while being goofy it's very <laughs> well choreographed and i and that's but that's fine like i love it <laughs> yeah. yeah even tossing even tossing sticks back and forth to each other that's oh, yeah, right. they're throwing sticks around. Uh, at a different point in the set, we got to hear a peanut bass solo, uh, yes. at which point I never thought I'd hear 311 play the Star Wars Imperial March, but <laughs> darn if he didn't do it. It was awesome. <laughs> On bass. On yeah. the bass. It was it was a whole party. Uh, like I think I stayed downstairs uh, in, in the crowd for like the first half or two thirds of the show. I was honestly, I was waiting for them to to play creatures and then i was going to come back up after creatures but it took so long for them to get to that that during, <laughs> i think during amber i came back up i was like it's fine i'll see if that's later yeah um, side note something that i love uh in, in the song come original 311 reels off a list of artists they say no effects is coming full range ronnie size is coming full range as time goes by when they play that song live they change out the names of the artists that they're that they shout out in that song and i think that's a awesome thing to do <laughs> did you catch who they shouted out i didn't catch specifically but i know it was not all the same ones he said no effects but uh the other ones i think were different um and i know for a fact that at a show that that teenage wrist i think opened for them uh they threw teenage wrist in there <laughs> that was really cool of them <laughs> nice man this was this was fun though uh shout out to freeze time which is i feel like a very underrated track in 311's discography um and that was a lot of fun and nick you know nick's nick's crowd talk is fairly basic it's a lot of gratitude you know we've been around 30 plus years and you guys have supported us the whole time but it's still it's not that complicated but it still kind of works no it does all right with it i think he asked the same question like five times like how are we doing out how there we doing? he does the how are we doing thing yep i have a note specifically that says that he does the how we doing thing too much. <laughs> yeah, I think he said like four times or something like that. But every time he talked about, you know, just like appreciating the people being there and, you know, you supported us all these years. I, again, it's one of those things where like I, I feel that he's a sincere person. And so I, oh, can, yeah. I can still appreciate it. Yeah, you get you get that whole sincere vibe from the whole band. 
at one point, SA, his dance move was jumping rope. I want to point that out. <laughs> if you pay close attention, he does. Dan already mentioned he is weird. He's weird. And at one point, he took golf swings as one of his moves. <laughs> <laughs> but as time went on, I was figuring out the, exactly what he was doing. I was movement. like, he's miming things up there. That's what yeah. he's doing. This man is playing charades. <laughs> his other dance and move was a KC move where he's like wiping his forehead with a rag the whole time. <laughs> That's the game we should play next time we see them. How long will it take before SA's shirt is completely drenched? Yeah, oh, it's KC versus SA. It's a race. <laughs> I win. You win. He, he run for your money, though. That man was wet. <laughs> he wears like a button up shirt with and, and it just it was fully soaked by like. Halfway. Well, he was. Yeah, he was moving around more than anybody on that stage, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Peanut came out in like a full like jogging suit or something like a hoodie, like stuff like zipped yeah. up and like within like two songs, he was down to, to just like his undershirt. He was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not wearing all this the whole time. Come on. Peanut or essay was like, no, I'm keeping this on. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that was a good birthday show for you, Dan. Uh, yeah, was I, I enjoyed it the whole week. Yeah. Yeah. That kicked off the. Massive birthday sh- shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, the Who and Three Eleven were definitely the highlights of uh, those days. Yeah, and that's a pretty great one-two punch right there. If I, if yeah. I say so. Well, hopefully, we'll, hopefully, we'll get to have somebody from Three Eleven back on the show again to discuss the new album that they have coming out. And AWOL Nation and the Who and their translator. Everybody, everybody, come on the show. Everybody, well, almost everybody. <laughs> Chevelle, I want y'all. I've been looking for you, Pete. You're on my list. Coming for you. We'll talk about aliens or something. I don't know. We can pretend to have sleep token on here and just not have anybody talk. Just answer. Just ask questions and then nobody answers. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's the way to do it. I don't know. Yeah, just I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't. I don't need to pretend. <laughs> <laughs> Next week's episode, the itch interview sleep token, but not really. <laughs> hope you've enjoyed this concert catch up it's been a lot of fun uh lots of uh lots of music and lots of energy was spent that's for sure <laughs> rocking out we're gonna rest now yes yes so thank you very much for listening to the itch podcast my name is dan i'm casey and i'm aaron and until next time happy birthday to me <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed what you heard in this episode please subscribe and tell a friend about the itch check out the show notes for links about the episode as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every sunday night and you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on twitter facebook instagram and gmail all at itchrocks i-t-c-h-r-o-c-k-s 